Is this thing on? Yeah, I think it's on. All right, you we're good. You almost started talking before you said it's That's true. On. I almost did. I have to check again. It is on. So today we're going to talk about preparing for interviews, and we're going to talk about what it means to prepare and create an interview that people will remember, that people feel comfortable with, and that brings out the best in your subject and draws, and actually not just brings out the best in your subject, but creates a conversation. And the whole really great thing about this medium is that you can, especially more than a written Q and a, anything written, of course, you can hear the rapport that people have in a podcast. So we touched on this in the intro episode, but Seth, you're interviewed by so many people and on so many different podcasts. What have been some of the elements that you've remembered about a good interview and what makes that for you? Uh, to this day, 200 interviews in, the best mm. uh, experience I've ever had is with Krista Tippett on, on Being. Um, I've loved my interviews with my friend Brian Koppelman, but I knew him beforehand. Mm-hmm. But with Krista, she has a trademark, and her trademark is that the first question she asks is always the same. And that provides a lot of reassurance to the guest, because you've thought about it a little bit before you got there. It lets Krista a little bit off the hook because she knows what her first question is going to be and that opens the door to a live conversation. Uh, another example. What is the question? The question is, uh, sometimes she apologizes for the question at the beginning. I uh-huh. don't think she should. But okay. the question is, what was your spiritual upbringing like? What huh. was it in the house where you were raised? Mm-hmm. Was there religion? Mm. And Open-ended. People, people mm-hmm. run with that in a hundred different directions. Yeah. Because... It gets to things about more than which version of the Bible was in your house, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then a riff on that uh, from the Serious Eats podcast is, what was it like around the family dinner table? And the magic of that question is everyone has an answer. And it's an answer that gets to what it's like to have the parents you had or not have parents, what it's like to have the money you had or not have money. And then we can talk about food. Mm-hmm. But it's always who made the meal and what kind of food were we eating? And what does that bring back for mm-hmm. me? So that doesn't mean you need this. Mm-hmm. But there are two examples of people who start with right. a, a, a given question. For me, this assignment begins with this. If you're going to be an interviewer, what kind of interviewer do you want to be? Do you want to be a research-based interviewer? A gotcha interviewer? An interviewer that creates a warm, safe place for people to just express themselves, or the fourth one, which is probably the most useful, do you want to be the voice of your listener? So if your listener was in the Mm. room, what would they want to know? And there's probably more than those four, but in terms of how you're going to engage with somebody, it really helps if your guest is doing it with you as opposed to you doing it at them. I'm glad you brought up Krista Tippett. I love her as an interviewer. I also, when I worked at Minnesota Public Radio, worked in the same building as her, and she was part of the Minnesota Public Radio family. I was there producing a daily news show with a host named Carrie Miller, who is amazing. She's really smart. I encourage everyone to look her up and check out her interviews as well. But I always was so curious what she, what her interviewing techniques were before I even you know got the job to work with her. She was at the time hosting three hours of live radio a day, which is insane. Yep. And like each hour, there were multiple guests. I mean, she was interviewing ten to fifteen people a day. Some of those people were you know reporters for breaking news stuff. Some of the people were she really focused on authors and musicians but whose she work she knew. Possibly read their book before they came on. 
some of the authors she did, like her thing was like the authors that she booked in advance, she would book those. So that was like one of the things where she's like an interview, a research based interviewer, you know? So, but even in the case of the, of the guests where she had read their work and was really familiar with their work, just as much as the case as, as guests where she wasn't familiar with their work, she, her technique was writing out five questions, only five. And that gets to the main thing for me. And I think for a lot of people, in creating a great interview is listening. Yeah. And the thing is when you go in, you're going to be very, not that I'm not saying you guys should only do five, five questions right now. That's, that's a lot of questions. I mean, but that's, that's definitely an advanced technique. I mean, you definitely don't want to be caught in an interview with Arnie Duncan and have your fifth question after 10 minutes and be like, what do I talk about now? That's something maybe to get to, but the whole point of making only five questions rather than having a sheet of 25 is to force yourself to be listening and responding to what the person says. And that is where we get past the gimmicks and get to the heart of this and why it's going to become a life skill. So when I'm getting interviewed uh, by an amateur, they'll ask a question like, if you were going to give one piece of advice to our listeners, what would that piece of advice be? And the reason that that's a lousy question is it doesn't give me anything to stand on. It forces me to invent out of the blue something profound and not only that i'm doing it cold with no one rooting for me mm-hmm. it's way more useful to be able to say to somebody something like i read what you said about blank and it really moved me and i think what you were getting at was blank is that what you meant So now the person can talk to themselves because Mm -hmm. you just teed them up and gave them authority. And they can say, well, actually, I was trying to say this or no, no. And they feel safe doing it because you haven't done a gotcha. What you've said is that the reason I'm talking to you at all is because of this. So if I'm talking to Arnie Duncan, former secretary of education, if I say to him, what advice do you have for the fifth grade teachers of America? Well, he's been asked dumb questions like that often enough that he has a glib answer, right? But if instead I say to him something like, one of the coolest things you did as Secretary of Education was open the doors for states to talk to you. What's the thing that you found was the most frustrating to them? Well, now he can mine that question for lots and lots of really useful information. And in fact, you might not need another question for the whole rest of the time. Because you gave him a place to talk. Mm -hmm. And so if if you're not a professional at this and haven't come up with your pattern yet, my advice to you is to figure out how to take yourself out of the question whenever possible. And instead, let the person you're interviewing have just enough space for them to talk about what they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And thinking about all of that, today's assignment is to, we've already gone, we've already put together a list of guests that we want, that you guys want to have on your podcast. We want you to pick one of those guests, write 10 questions that you would ask that person when you're going to interview them. Even if they're not booked yet, write 10 questions, each of them and avoid the yes or no questions. Avoid the ones that Seth talked about. Tell me something profound now go avoid those and start thinking of ones that have open-ended, open-ended answers and ones that you and your listeners want to hear the answer to. And I like, especially when it gets into potentially interviewing people who have been interviewed before outside or inside the hexagon, rather 
try to ask questions that they might not have been asked before. Try to ask questions that they can't give you a glib answer to, you know? And I think that really will yield the best interview. Beautiful. Go make a ruckus. Go make it. <laughs>